0: If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing Team Hoopball at hoopdashball dot com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing Team Hoopball at hoopdashball dot com. Today's episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast is brought to you by Manscaped Manscaped dot com. And the new lawnmower 3.0, it's their third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce, well, to reduce accidents. And the last thing you want to deal with is a, a manscaping accident. This new lawnmower 3.0 is water resistant technology that allows you to groom in the shower. And it even got a LED light, which, well, again, it illuminates the grooming areas to avoid those accidents that we were talking about. In case you didn't hear me the first time. The last thing you want is a manscaping accident. We'll give you 20% off your order right now. Not just that, we'll give you 20% off your order and free shipping if you use the promo code HoopBall20. Go to manscaped.com right now. Manscaped.com. Check out their lawnmower 3.0 and use the promo code HoopBall20 to get 20% off of your order. Climb.
1: Climb. Die. Die. They want to be down with the girl.
0: And we welcome you in and thank you for being here on the latest edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hootball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I am your host, Damian Barling, and we've got quite a bit to get to today as we are sitting here as we are recording this. On July 4th, 2020, which means we are getting closer and closer to the Sacramento Kings and the other 21 teams hopping on charter flights and heading to Orlando to resume Uh, the 2019-2020 NBA season, and we're getting closer and closer to games being played. As a matter of fact, we got a couple of more games added to the schedule. These of the scrimmage variety. Uh, It was announced that the Sacramento Kings will take on the Miami Heat on Wednesday, July 22nd. It was also announced that the Sacramento Kings will take on the Milwaukee Bucks on July 25th, and then again on July 27th. They'll take on the Los Angeles Clippers again. Uh, these are scrimmage games. I don't know what you call them. I, I mean, I don't. When I envision a scrimmage game, I envision like like a practice, almost like a shirts and skins type gimmick. You know what I mean? Like I don't expect uniforms. I don't. Ex- I, I don't. But that's a scrimmage game. Is this a? You can't call it a preseason game because it's not a preseason. I I don't know to the degree in which these games are being played, like are they real full on games like a preseason game would be where guys are in, you know, full uniform, full tape job, everything is totally normal. Is this essentially, you know, with I know it sounds like a silly, you know, thing to debate, but a but a a preseason game has structure to it. You know, the timeouts, clocks, television, and then there's a scrimmage, which is just that. It's a scrimmage. Whether it's 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 more free flowing, and this is you know, a lot of teams have been really concerned. Which I think I I honestly believe is the crux behind a twenty two team a season resumption rather than a sixteen team season resumption is that teams that actually have a chance to win the championship, teams that are going to be playing that are, that are you know top. I mean, I think you could say this comfortably with with both conferences. The top seven teams in in each side on in each conference, they got to get back into that rhythm. They got to get back into the flow. And we have no idea what basketball is going to look like when we return. We certainly don't know what it's going to look like on July twenty second. We don't know what it's going to look like on July thirtieth. Uh, the team will have only been practicing. I don't know what day the Sacramento Kings leave. But if you're unfamiliar with the parameters of your arrival in Orlando, it goes something like this. Um, Teams over the course of July 7th, 8th, and 9th will have staggered times upon entering Orlando uh, and entering the Walt Disney World complex. Once they get to the Walt Disney World complex, the players, uh, the coaches, uh, the medical physicians, they're all basically quarantined in their room 36 to 48 hours. They'll take a test. They'll take a COVID-19 test uh, as they uh, go to enter the, the complex. And then they'll take another one at the end of that 36 to 48 hours. And when I say they're quarantined inside the room, I mean, they don't leave their room. Food will be brought to them. Everything that they need will be brought to them. But for 48 hours, they are essentially just locked down in their room. Uh, with their devices, their phones, with the with, with whatever they brought with them, like that's the situation that they're going to be in, and that's going to be the case for all 22 teams upon their arrival uh, to Orlando. So, if you get there on the seventh, you don't start practicing until you know you've got to get you've got to get you know your party tested. Your entire party has to get tested, and you've got to you know your entire party or the party that's going to be a part of practice. They've got to be clear. So that's going to take, let's see, seven, eight. I mean, we're probably not talking the first actual practice till, depending on what day the Kings get, to, anywhere from the 11th to the 13th, maybe. And they're going to be playing a game against the Miami Heat on July 22nd, or they're going to be playing, you know, a scrimmage. They're going to be do, doing something of moderate competitiveness. Uh, Against the Miami Heat, and then a couple of days after that, again, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, We have, of course, the entire schedule. I don't know that we have talked since the entire schedule has been released, but the Kings will open things up on July 31st against the San Antonio Spurs. Get used to some weird start times, by the way, uh, as we'll have, uh, well, we're going to have some morning basketball uh, coming up in August. Uh, Things will open up against the San Antonio Spurs in a game. I mean, hey, I'll go ahead and say it. It's a must win for the Kings. (laughs) We can go ahead and say that. Game one of the resumption of the 2020 season is a must win for the Kings because the Spurs, I don't think the Spurs really want to be there. I don't think the Spurs want to be there. I I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is having surgery. They never really got in the flow. They never really got in the vibe. They never made that run that I absolutely thought they were going to make. They never made that big push. They just kind of, they just kind of, Kept going. They, I mean, they might have made the playoffs. I don't think so. There were a couple of teams. I really think prior to the end of the season, prior to the way the, you know, the 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 shutdown prior to March eleventh, I thought it pertained to the Western Conference. I thought we were talking about Memphis because I mean, Memphis is in the eight spot. I thought we were talking about the Kings because they were playing better than the Blazers. They were playing better than the Pelicans. They were playing better than the San Antonio Spurs. You know, at least at that time. thought they were playing better I thought the Pelicans had really dropped some games that that were consequential for them you know moving up into the standings a little bit again nobody was out of reach of this thing it's not like anybody couldn't you know if Memphis continued to to falter a little bit you know nobody was out of reach but I never felt like Portland had really you know Portland had a run remember where Dame Lillard I know this feels like an eternity to go but there was a there was a stretch where Dame Lillard was just phenomenal. Like, he was absolutely incredible, and it didn't do anything. It didn't do anything for the Blazers as a team. It, it, it got Dame Lillard some, you know, notice around the league, like, oh, look, Dame being Dame again, but the team's not winning. I think he was averaging like wasn't he averaging like 48 points for a stretch of games, and it didn't matter. That run never came from Portland. Now, everything that was happening back in March, none of it matters now. None of it matters now because if someone was injured, they're healed. And that pertains to the Sacramento Kings as well. I mean, Marvin Bagley. Obviously, it's the big, big, big focal point is where does Marvin Bagley fit in all this? He's missed a ton of time. Luke Walton, you know, the team has been, you know, doing Zoom conference calls with the media over the course of the last couple of days. So we've been talking to Bagley for the first time. We've been talking to De'Aaron for the first time. We've been hearing from Luke Walton on a daily basis. And, you know, with all of that, it's okay, like, hey, coach, what's up with we're going to do with Bagley. Bagley was like, "Hey, man, it's been a while since he's played, but we we want to try to get him integrated. We want to see what he's able to do." But it's been a while since he's played. It's been a while since all of us have been played, ha- have played. But Bagley has missed a ton of time. Uh, so we got the Kings and the Spurs to open things up. Uh, that again is on July thirty first, three o'clock. We'll have the Kings and the Magic on August second, three o'clock. August second, we'll have the Kings and the Magic. We will have Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Sacramento Kings on August 4th at 11.30 a.m. told you to get used to some interesting start times. August 4th, 11.30 a.m. against the Dallas Mavericks. August 6th, it'll be the first of two meetings between the Sacramento Kings and the New Orleans Pelicans. That is a 10.30 a.m. start. 10.30 a.m. August 6th the Sacramento Kings and the New Orleans Pelicans. From there, they'll take on the Brooklyn Nets or whatever on earth remains of them. They've had a, a, a rough week or so. It'll be the Kings and the Nets on August 7th. Uh, then they'll take on the Rockets on August 9th at 5 p.m. And then I believe we got a TNT game, a nationally televised game against the New Orleans Pelicans. How fitting that that game gets on to TNT after what happened on Uh, March 11th, it'll be the Kings versus the Pelicans at 6 p.m., and then they'll wrap up uh, the resumption of the regular season uh, on August 13th against the Lakers with a time yet to be determined. I'm sure how that game is placed on the schedule uh, might depend on whether the Lakers are fighting for home court advantage (laughs) or whether the Lakers are fighting for the number one seed. Oh, wait. What would the Lakers be fighting for? I'm sure the Lakers, I, I, there's, I, I don't know if it's playing on the Lakers court. I don't know if theater lighting, I, Reggie Miller is extremely confused right now. I don't know what they decided on the top seeds on what, what they're going to get. I know that we've seen the practice courts, uh, they, they've got like the logos on them. I've, I've seen, you know, I saw a picture of them setting up like the Pacers practice court. And I, I, I saw one other one and it's like, okay, all right, cool. Like you flew the courts in. All right, like okay, are we gonna do that for for games too? like I mean, because there's you know there's teams that are listed, you know, home and away. Did the Kings fly, you know the black court out there or the you know the retro court? Is that how it's gonna work? I assume that that's that's gonna be a part of it. Um, uh, but the Kings and the Lakers, the time of that will uh, be determined and perhaps it could depend on if the Kings win whether they're playing the Memphis Grizzlies uh, or perhaps somebody else in an 8-9 play matchup. Uh, so there's the regular schedule. Again, that was kind of a long way of going through it, but it's the Spurs, the Magic, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Nets, the Rockets, the Pelicans again, and they'll wrap things up with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, another bit of news here, Igor Kokoskov, the associate head coach for the Sacramento Kings, He is off to take the lead role at Fenerbahce, one of the top international programs in the entire world. Uh, He's going to be the head coach. I believe I read, and let me check my notes here real quick. Yeah, he's going to stick around uh, through the bubble. So he'll be around for the Sacramento Kings in those eight games uh, that we just talked about, but he will not be around whenever next season begins uh, for the Sacramento Kings as he's headed off to Fenerbahce. Uh, As we noted, the Kings are back at... I don't want to call it practice. They're, they're back at mandatory workouts. Um, there are no team practices until the season resumes or until, uh, until everybody gets to Orlando. So once they get past that, that quarantine period of, of 36 to 48 hours, that'll be the first time once those tests are done, that'll be the first time that teams can have actual team practices right now Everything is still individual workouts. There are still only a certain amount of players. And from what I understand, there's only a certain amount of people uh, allowed in the practice facility at a time. So there's still a lot of kind of social distancing practicing uh, going on right now, even within NBA circles um, so the first official practice won't take place for probably about another seven to eight days depending on when you're listening to this is July 4th now as I mentioned so the next practice or the first practice is probably going to take place on anywhere from July 11th to July 13th but the guys are back for mandatory workouts and we've heard from De'Aaron Fox this week we've heard from Marvin Bagley I'll allow you to hear from all of them we'll start with Kent Bazemore uh, who was asked by Sean Cunningham about, well, about the difficulties of, you know, kind of packing up, leaving your family and getting ready to enter this this NBA bubble?
1: Uh, it's tough. Um, it's tough on, you know, being a husband and, and a father. Um, uh, I cried like a little baby when I left uh, the head out here a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, just seeing him and my wife stand on the front porch and uh, as I'm leaving uh, and he has, like, absolutely no idea you know, that I'm gone for as long as I'm going to be gone. So uh, it's definitely tough. And, and especially um, with him being at such a young age, uh, he's 14, 14 months now. And, um, you know, it's, it's pivotal, uh, you know, as a child to kind of have that, you know, stable foundation. And uh, my wife's also pregnant with a little girl coming in September. So, um, you know, and the, the realistic front of it is is, is very tough. Um, you know, I've had some... Uh, people in my corner that have, uh, you know, kind of, you know, helped me uh, with the ease of making the situ- uh making this decision to, to go and play. You know, your 20s and 30s, you're making a lot of sacrifices. Um, you know, from your families and you know, doing certain things. But you know, just you know, I'm in I'm in the position to really set up my legacy and uh, really help those behind me. So um, it's a tough decision, and it's something that my wife and I are diligently. You know, working on, um, you know, trying to stay connected, you know, um, you know, phone calls, you know, videos, FaceTime, you know, doing this, you know, everything we can to kind of stay connected and, and and make light of the situation.
0: And that's one of the most uh, just realist, most in-depth answers answers I've heard an NBA player give uh, regarding leaving their family in this in this bubble. And, and, you know, you heard him talk about that his wife is is pregnant you probably read about Gordon Hayward. He he was imp- and I don't know that, you know, I think Gordon Hayward is getting a little bit more attention than Kent Bazemore is cuz I don't know that people expect Kent Bazemore to be playing in September while I believe most people are assuming that the Boston Celtics will be playing in September. That is probably, you know, at at minimum if you're going to the early part of September, that's the probably right about the beginning. Of the second round, or, or, or pretty close to it, I'd imagine the second round of the playoffs is probably going to begin around week one of September. And his wife's pregnant, and he was he was adamant, like, "Yeah, I'm. My wife goes into labor. I'm. I'm going to be with her. I, I'm going to be there." And there are protocols for a player who has to have basically a scheduled uh, or, or or excused exit from the bubble. And it involves quarantining when they return. It, so there's not going to be a situation where you know, Gordon Hayward can leave for the birth of his child and come back, get back on a Tuesday and play in game two or game three of the second round of the NBA playoffs on a Wednesday. That's, that's the old regular NBA world. That is not the quarantine world. He'll get back, and I believe he'll have to quarantine, I think, for four days. Uh, an excused absence as they've termed it. An excused absence will result in them going through multiple kind of checkpoints and tests and different protocols to be safe. and it will result in a in a four game or sorry, not a four game, a four day quarantine once they return. An unexcused absence, and I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm envisioning a situation where maybe a player, leaves the complex without permission. That's what I envision a, a uh, unexcused absence is almost like we're at school or something. That's a 10 day quarantine. So these, these are, you know, these are both commitments from players and teams as well as the league that, you know, if, if you've got to leave, we'll try to get you back, but we still have got to adhere uh, to the protocol that we have in front of us. And I, I love, I actually, I, I loved what Kent Bazemore said there. Of course, again, Kent Bazemore probably doesn't have to address playing in September the way that Gordon Hayward does, but both of them are under situations. When I saw that uh, clip from Kent Bazemore for the first time, man, my heart just sank. I felt for him. Cause you, you know that this is the case. Like you know that this is what the players are dealing with, but this is the first time that I've really heard a player just in-depthly talk about, you know, seeing, you know, seeing their wife and their kids as they turned around and, and, and not really knowing that he's going to be gone. Cause when you look back at it, here we're at July 4th, they had to get back here to Sacramento. I'm, I'm saying they, I, forgive me for not being more specific. Kent Bazemore, you know, he had to be back here with July 21st, 22nd. So he's already been away from home, you know, for a couple of weeks. By the time they, you know, get to actually start playing games, He's already gone for over a month, and then he's got to play the games. then they got eight games to play now we're talking about the middle of August. He's gone almost two months, and that's if the Sacramento Kings aren't competing you know for for those playing spots because if you got the if you got you know the the first round of the playoffs will be delayed a little bit if you've got playing game so you know it, it we're not under that you know blanket schedule that we used to be where we know everything is being set up for TV. When one series, if, if, if you know, two teams that would play each other in the second round, if they wrap up their series in four games, we're back at it. If the eight seed wins game one of, of the, you know, the playing games, it's over. Boom, we're starting, the, we're starting the first round of the playoffs right away. So you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, adjusting. It's just stuff that we're not used to. You know, it's like the regular season ends and we gotta wait, you know, six days till the playoff starts because we want the playoffs to start on a Thursday or a Friday. And I think that'll still be the case once the conference finals get here. And they obviously have it, you know, built out all the way until I can't remember the exact day. I think it was October twelfth or somewhere around there. But, you know, they're 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 not they're not held to these, you know, locked in days for TV schedules, at least leading up to the conference finals. Once you get to the conference finals, it'll be a little bit different because you're only talking about two series and you're talking about them on two different networks. Uh, another guy who spoke to the Sacramento media this week uh, was Harrison Barnes.
1: That was tough. I mean, Buddy, Alex, Jabari, those guys were working. Um, you know, we've been in touch with them for a while. So to not have them here, to not you know be able to see them um, with everybody else has been difficult. But at the same time, you know, we're glad that, you know, they're all feeling good, you know. None of them are really showing symptoms. Um, hopefully, get them back, you know, as quick as possible, and you know, have them meet up with us here in Orlando.
0: Jabari Parker is an interesting one. There, you heard Harrison Barnes reference him, and we talked about on the last episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast. You know, Jabari Parker, Alex Land Buddy Hield, all tested positive for COVID nineteen. Everybody is aware of that here at this point. But Jabari Parker was photographed like playing tennis, and he was out without a mask. And I, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different parts to dissect there. Uh, particularly my, my, you know, I think you can social distance playing tennis, but my bigger concern was you're not supposed to be working out when you test positive. You're supposed to, you know, the, you know, they're, st- they're still trying to get a grasp for what it, this has done to your immune system. And, you know, if you're asymptomatic, they obviously want you to remain asymptomatic and see him out there, you know, playing tennis and doing this whole thing. It's like, ah, you know, even like I even heard a report, like he was at his house and it's like, all right, like, okay, that's cool. But, you're not supposed to be exercising in any way shape or form and I you know Luke Walton addressed that this week and let's I had a conversation on the July 1st edition of the podcast with Damien Barling if you're not familiar I host the Daily Sports Talk show uh, right here on this very same podcast platform that you're listening to this on uh, if you don't listen I would love it if you did it's called the podcast with Damien Barling and I had a conversation earlier this week with Jason Jones the beat writer uh, for the Sacramento Kings, for the Athletic, and we talked about, you know, we started our conversation talking about uh, Jabari Parker, and I asked him whether he thought Jabari would actually make it to Orlando. I
2: still think he does. I, still, I mean, I I'm, I think he does.
0: Any added concern after the the tennis and the maskless photos? Or I don't even, I don't even think it was a being maskless that was a concern. I think it was the fact that he was working out after testing positive when he was supposed to be. You know, letting his immune system build back up. I just, you know, I saw that and thought, oh, I wonder yeah. if they just tell yeah, him to stay thing home.
2: Is, though, is, I mean, because there's, there's some things that aren't really clear, like exactly when did he test positive? Because if he never made it back to Sacramento, and they would be back in Sacramento, I believe June 22nd, mm-hmm. that, you know, so if he never made it back, that means he might have tested positive. Who knows? He said all his statements said was, you know, a few days ago. Yeah. He might have tested positive June 14th. So maybe he was okay at that point to be. I don't know. Yeah. You know. So I think that because this thing is so new, a lot of times people are making assumptions. You know, well maybe you know what he should or should I don't. I can't tell him what he shouldn't. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's going to prevent him from going. And, and if it was going to prevent him, the Kings would have put someone in that roster spot already. So I think they're expecting that he'll be able to get down there. And also just because you look out, look at the it, big picture, there's a good chance Jabari opts in for next season. Right, so yeah. if you can get him down there, at least get some work with him because they really never got to see him after the trade. He wasn't healthy, and then when he did the, the one game he did play, he like the guy who hadn't played in a month and a half, which is what he was. So, <laughs> I think because you know just for the big picture, even though I don't think kind of a development situation, you you don't want to alienate him. I mean, he didn't do anything illegal, and I just think right now because there's so much you know angst about. The virus and who has it, you know what's going to happen. I mean, when I saw the picture, I was like, okay, he's out. You know, I said at least he's not like playing doubles tennis and hugging people. I said, you know, <laughs> I couldn't. I, I that wasn't the moment that got me in an uproar. I wasn't. I was more in an uproar seeing a, a news report that that students at the University of Alabama oh were still going to park. That, that upsets me way more than Jabari Parker playing tennis at home. Right. I mean, he wasn't like in a public course with a bunch of people. He was at home, if I remember correctly. He was at home. Okay. I was like, I can't, I, you know, I could be wrong, but it, I don't think he went to, you know, the local park in Chicago and gathered up 30 kids to play with him. So mm. yeah. I can't, you know, act like that's the, like that's, you know the worst thing ever
0: the uh the tennis thing isn't i didn't i've thought man if there's ever a social distancing sport man you got tennis and you got golf my concern was (laughs) my my concern tied along with more which which is a point that you brought up that i didn't think about was when did he actually test positive because if he had been a few days removed from it maybe he was at the point where he could get out and do some physical activity i also love that you said i'm not a doctor jason i don't know if you're aware it's a 2020 it really doesn't matter if you're a doctor or not everybody is going to tell you uh, the proper way to fight off this virus, so you don't have to. If you oh, stayed yeah. at, a, if very you true. if you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express, man, you're in, um, you're in good shape. Um, yeah, my
2: favorite thing right now is I work in the medical field. I'm like, bro, sell <laughs> You sell supplies. Stop it. I work oh, in the medical
1: man. field. I
2: know, no, bro, you know, you know, you know, you're, you know, ma'am, you're the, rest of, you're, you're, you're a You You're not a doctor. Stop.
0: Okay, I I I know a doctor. I was just to say that. Like, I, I golf with a doctor. Uh, and he told me, I went to high school with a guy who became a doctor, and he told me. Um, I listened th- to Dr.
2: Dre yesterday.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's probably the most accurate one of all of them. Uh, both Dr. Dre's, the one with Ed Lover and the one without Ed Lover. Um,
2: yeah, and they. And, but that's two sources of information, and they
0: told me. What do you think happens with Bagley's down there? Like, I, I think that's been one of the most confusing. Like, what do you do with 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 Marvin Bagley when you get there? I assume he's healthy. What do they do with him? He hadn't particularly played well when he was in. Like, what do you think happens in Orlando with him?
2: I think you bring him off the bench and hope you get some. I mean, get some minutes from him. You know, and it and maybe if once you're if you're eliminated, you, you maybe you play him more. But this is the situation to be like, okay, we got a chance to in the playoffs, but let's make sure Marvin gets his development time. No, we got next season for that. Yeah, was, <laughs> I just think you know, yeah, because yeah, I, I thought about it. Even if Marvin plays in eight games down there, that's still only eighty-one games over two seasons. Mm. So. He's still. I, I just don't think you can you, you can really go down there with the idea that Morgan has to get you know x amount of minutes. I mean, I just. I mean, his layoff's been longer than anybody.
0: Yeah.
2: I but mean, he hasn't played yeah. since January. Yeah. I mean, and you know he can do. you know, I know he's been working out. I know his, you know his foot feels good. I've been told that he's ready to go. He wants to get out there and play. But the, you know the fact is you haven't played since you know even play you know five five competitive ball you know since you know january his last game was a pretty good one but still he hasn't yeah. played since january yeah so i just i don't I, you know i don't you know he hasn't been banging against nba bodies you know he does have the advantage of having a six foot seven six foot you no know, eight division one level brother but that's still that's not going against zion that's not going against You you know, you know, you know, say you're uh, trying to take a flip to go against, you know, Jared Allen from Brooklyn. That's not, you know, an
0: NBA player. Yeah, I mean, he passes the eye test. He looks good right now. I I wonder if there's something like in the two and a half weeks of actual practice that he could show Luke Walton and that coaching staff where it's like, hey, you know, because I got to go back to your you know point that you made, you know, 10 minutes ago was that they're all coming off of this long layoff and. Maybe Bagley's coming in and he can show something during those two and a half weeks where suddenly, for the sake game stretch, he is a valuable part of what they do. It's just hard to envision has, right now.
2: Yeah. Maybe he has a three point shot that he said he had been working on that he never got to show. And, and that's the thing they get with Bialisa right now that they need, you know, that floor spacing. Yeah. And right now, Marvin's not a floor spacer, at least he, he wasn't. And then the other thing is this Marvin right now is not a, you know, you play belly. He can facilitate. He used to be a point guard. Or he's a kid, so he has that part of his game. Marvin is a get-the-ball-and-score guy, which is why I liked him with the second unit, with, you know, right now. And that's why Luke used him in that role when he came back from the first injury. It was easier to keep, have him just play center and then kind of build him back up. And it was starting to come, boom, he gets hurt again. You know, and then there was the whole part that people just didn't trust the medical reports from the Kings anymore because... <laughs> she had the thing with Rashawn, or it's like, okay, it's a sore shoulder. by the way, he's getting injections, to, you know, right now. It's like, what? I yeah. thought it was just sore. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and, and, you know, so I, I was under the impression, just you know, no intel per se that just t- from talking to Marvin and people around there. I just, if the season had continued, I don't think Marvin would have played again.
0: You but do, now, or you? D- I'm, I'm sorry, like, you do, or you don't? I don't. I, okay. I yeah. Don't yeah. Think okay.
2: Yeah. I don't think he would have played again. Yeah. Me. But you now, you know. know, I think. It, and if you get him back, I mean, that's a, that's a wild card to have. I mean, just sure. in terms of the talent and the things he can do. But I don't think you destroy, you know, I think you probably come up with the same starting five, you know, with Bogey, uh, Fox, Harrison, Belly, and Rashawn. And then you just, you know, if, if Marvin's rolling, you let him go. But if he's not rolling, it's okay. You realize he hasn't played basketball since January. And I think the, the big thing for them will be, Keeping you know keeping Marvin engaged and letting him realize this is not a knock on you. This is just this is this is what it's like in a playoff chase. We don't have time to be sensitive to people. You know, worry about your feelings. I, Marvin didn't like come off the bench when he came back. You of know, you asked him the second unit. You know, he looked at you like like it was it was tough for him to be lumped in with the second unit. Yeah. You know, but I, I just think you know, you you got this is no time to care about and be catering to anyone's feelings right now. You know, if 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 he's not you know, ready to help right
1: away.
0: You know, you got to watch more right now. Yeah. You, know, you, you brought up bogey. I'm going to give the athletic a, a plug here as we should do, since you're kind enough to join us from the athletic and give you a little preview of the, the mailbag that you do there as it pertains to the Kings. Cause this is a question uh, that we've had here on the podcast. And I, and I oftentimes I ask questions. I don't know the answer to them. Just throw them out there to the universe. And you actually answered this question. And I think it's a good one. It came from one of your readers. Uh, You mentioned Bogdan Bogdanovich. What is the effect of the lower salary cap that we're, you know, you spoke about how, you know, going back for money, how, you know, if the league loses money, the players lose money. We all know Adam Silver has braced us for the reduction, uh, not necessarily us, but he's braced NBA teams for the reduction uh, in salary cap. That's going to have a direct effect on how the Kings approach this offseason. And obviously Bogdan Bogdanovich is a big piece of what they've got to deal with this offseason. Is there a, is there suddenly a, a, a lower salary cap? Is, is, is there become an, an issue now with re-signing Bogey this offseason?
2: Yeah, what it does is it in, in terms of the max amount the Kings can offer, it lowers it because I think when you hear people hear a max deal, they they see the number, but it really is it's a, it's tied to it's a, a percentage. percentage of the cap. Yeah. So that number, can, you know, you see a guy sign a you know a max deal one year, it might be four for one forty or whatever the case may be. But if the cap goes up, the value of that deal goes up. So, a lot of, you know, so Bogey definitely is going to play because he doesn't want that value number to go down. Right. Thus, thus his number goes down. And the thing is, because he's restricted, pretty much the Kings, you know, said that, you know, they were prepared to pay him upwards of $18 mil a year and, and max, and they had to match a deal. They, sure. they have no intention, they have, they have no intention on losing him. Of us, that they say, of losing, they have no intention of letting him walk. Yeah. So even if he were to find an offer sheet, they're going to match it. The, it. So it's it, just a matter of how much it'll be worth.
0: And, and that, and that was my question: Is there like a, like a death blow? Like, is there a number that they get back and they go, Oh, oh, I, I don't, I don't know that we can match this. There,
2: there wasn't before, but I don't think a team is going to offer him a contract that to where you would be like, There's no, I mean. He's not going to get like you know, say based on last He's not going to get a four year, like a hundred million dollar offer. Sure. So you know, I think that's part of it too. They know that with the market, he's you know, he's not going to go out there and get a max offer. And if that's the case, you're going to match whatever happens because you're not going to lose him. I think. I think the last twenty games helped his case a lot.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because, right. You know, you you saw what. You know, you saw with De- him playing with De'Aaron did. A lot of people forget, De'Aaron loves to play in attack mode in the sense that he's not facilitating, that he's just getting the ball and attacking. And Bogey allows him to do that. So, you know, you know Fox's value was tied to you know Bogey. I think in a lot of ways, Buddy's is, because in a lot of ways, Bogey is a buddy whisperer. Mm. He can get Buddy to see things that maybe Buddy doesn't hear from Luke. Mm-hmm. So he works with him, and you know, I, I wrote a story about it a few months ago. How they you know, they're they're good friends, but Bogey starting means Buddy was on the bench, and they were like, "No, that's not an issue for us. That's the coaching. That's not our problem." Yeah. And if they're if they're both playing well, they're both gonna play. So I think I, you know, with, with the cap number going down, what it would probably do is it would limit maybe what other teams could offer him. But either way, I expect I, he'll be a king. Either way, it's just a matter of what that final number will be, which we won't know until the end of all this because if they're able to finish the season and get more of that revenue, that number, it's going to go down yeah. because of you know, losing games, but it's a matter of how much it goes down.
0: And the good news for the Kings is the salary cap doesn't just go down for the Kings. It goes down for the rest right. of the league. So that's a positive in two. Yeah. Man, if, if this all happens, Jason, and we get lucky and we, get, we crowned an NBA champion – the turnaround is going to be insanely quick. They're going to have to announce the salary cap number and then free agency is going to start a couple of days later. You're going to have the draft mixed up and all of this. So it's not like teams are going to really, I mean, other than the eight teams that that don't have to go to Orlando, you're not going to have a whole ton of time to contemplate the future once all of this stuff is kind of thrown out there. Again, assuming we crown an NBA champion.
2: Yeah, that thing. assuming and, yeah, assuming we get that far, the two teams that get that far, I expect them to look horrible for the first month of the next season.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's a I great mean, that's point.
2: Gonna a, that's going to be a crazy turnaround. I mean, nothing like we've ever seen. I mean, you're going to have like the finals, the draft, free agency all within a week.
0: It, it, yeah, it's yeah. Gonna, dude, that's going to be insane. Absolutely yeah, insane. You,
2: know, you, you, know, you, you, you could end the season like mid October. And then, like, three weeks later, training – like, two or three weeks later, got training camp.
0: hmm Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason Jones of The Athletic, man, I appreciate you so much. Thank you, my brother. No problem. Anytime. There's actually a lot more to that conversation as it pertained to the NBA, the resumption of the season, everything going on in Orlando. I isolated the stuff as it pertains to the Sacramento Kings because, obviously, that is the focus of our podcast here on the Hootball Hootball Podcast Network. But if you would like to hear the whole conversation – with Jason Jones. Go check out the daily podcast. It's called the podcast with Damian Barling. And again, it is available here on this very same podcast platform that you're listening to this one on. If you love King's talk, which you're listening to this, so I'm assuming that you do, uh, and you want your sports content to be uh, centralized here locally, uh, go check it out. Again, the podcast with Damian Barling. That was the July 1st edition, by the way, if you just want to go hear that conversation with Jason Jones, that was the July 1st edition of the podcast. So go check that out. Uh, another note here, Marvin Bagley spoke to the media this weekend and Marvin Bagley is a big question mark here uh, headed into the resumption of the season. And Sean Cunningham talked to him as the rest of the media did and asked him, you know, how he feels, is he ready to go? And you know what he thinks this uh, upcoming stretch of eight games in Orlando will look like for him.
1: Uh, first of all, I'm doing, I'm doing great, man. Um, you know, I feel great. I feel a hundred percent, been feeling great, you know, getting these workouts in and um, back in the gym. So um, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Um, You know, it's just about controlling what I can control and uh, keep keep continuing to move forward and get better every day. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited. And and do you really?
0: He's excited. He's ready to go. He looks like a million bucks. I mean, he's the he's the latest he's the latest basketball player who, in his time away, put twenty pounds of muscle on, or ten pounds of muscle on, or something along those lines. But there's no denying he looks phenomenal. He's been working here this off season. So, or sorry, I don't know what to call it. He's been working here during this break, regardless of what you want to call it. He looks fantastic. How is that going to translate onto the basketball floor? I guess we'll find out when the teams uh, resume practice here, probably in another week and some change. Uh, and then what will that mean when they get back on the court? Well, we've got some scrimmage games to look at, and we've got, um, then we've got the regular season uh, concluding uh, beginning on July 31st. Uh, so there you have it. I uh, appreciate you so much uh, for tuning in to the Sacramento Kings podcast. I, I, I go through a range of emotions when it comes to talking about basketball. I really do this with all sports, and that I feel like one minute, it's like doom and gloom, and everything looks bad, and like there's, it still feels like we're e- e- an eternity away from basketball resuming. Like, it's the beginning of July. It's July 4th right now as I'm recording this. Games don't start getting played until July 30th, and I keep waiting. Something's going to go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. And then other days, it's like, oh, please don't let anything go wrong. Please don't let anything go wrong. And then other days, it's like, man, they have got this under control. We've got basketball on the way. Uh, either way, speaking for all of us, I'm certain we just we want these players to be healthy. Uh, we want these coaches. We want everybody associated with the NBA to stay healthy Uh, And maybe we can, you know, we're not going to, watching basketball is going to bring us no sense of normalcy. Absolutely none. But it will be pretty awesome to see, and it'll be pretty awesome to have that outlet. So all we can do is that hope everything goes well, and we'll continue to monitor everything. I'll continue to grab the sound here uh, as the days go along, as the media sessions begin to add up, and we'll continue to be here with you uh, each and every single week. On the Sacramento Kings podcast, presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. Remember, if you want to get 20% off the brand new lawnmower over at manscape.com. That's the Lawnmower 3.0, by the way, with the water-resistant technology. And the you want to make sure you grab that. HoopBall20. That is the discount code. Hoopball20, use that over at manscaped.com. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Go check out the daily podcast, the podcast with Damian Barling, here on the same podcast platform that you're listening to this one on. And we'll see you next week right here on the Hoopball Podcast Network.